Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. For those that are new to Relatable, the interviews and discussions here are about the many paths people can take to find different careers and life opportunities. In these conversations, we get the real scoop on how many people navigate, sometimes not such a straight line, toward finding their truth, passion, and dreams. The quarantine efforts continue on for us in the D.C. area. I hope that Everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. We're hanging in there. A bright spot for me is the opportunity to continue to have interviews and talk with really interesting people here on Relatable. This episode is a doozy. I have the fortunate experience of talking with Justin School, number 67, an offensive lineman for the San Francisco 49ers. Justin talks about the road from not making the varsity team in high school until his junior year to playing professional football. He gives us a great view into the recruiting process for both the college and the NFL. He talks a lot about setbacks and perseverance, and we even get to hear a behind-the-scenes look at how he was drafted and what that experience was like. Before we jump in, I have more good news about upcoming virtual TFA workshops. There are three upcoming workshops. May 4th, we have a Communication and Conversation 101 workshop for 6th and 7th graders. On May 11th, we have a Communication and Conversation workshop 200 for 8th and 9th graders. And on May 22nd, we're offering a workshop for 10th through 12th graders. This one is focused on interviewing prep for both college and job interviews. Uh, Participants will leave this session with the ability to talk about themselves by highlighting their strengths and unique value, thus being able to differentiate themselves from others. Please check out our website, www.TeresaFreemanAssociates.com, for more details. Enjoy this episode. So you're back in Nashville now? Yes. Yep. I live here uh, with my girlfriend. So we live here. We just both like it. And it's a lot closer to home for both of us than California. So how was it living in California? Did you like it or is it? Uh, It was different. It's a lot different than the East coast or Nashville. The weather, you can't beat the weather. I mean, it's like in the summers, it's 80 degrees with no humidity. And then in the winters, it's 45 to 50 degrees with no humidity. Yeah. And so it's never really too hot or too <laughs> yeah. cold. But. Yeah. Yeah. I lived there. So I, um, I left when I graduated from college, I wanted to be an actress. So I moved to LA. So anyway, I moved and I started out because I, a good friend of mine's mother had a place in San Francisco. And so her daughter and I lived in San Francisco and took care of her her grandmother my friend's grandmother as like that was sort of a way to get me to the west coast and so we kind of lived in this like in the Castro actually we lived in the Castro taking care of this old woman and then that was like my first exposure to California and then eventually I made my way down to LA and there are so many great things about it but definitely a huge adjustment when you're used to the east coast for sure and and as pretty as it is like i would say i mean i loved how like it's so gorgeous with like the rugged terrain out there but i really missed green like i started to really miss like green trees and 
you know, green rolling hills and all that. Yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> I know. Well, then, good. Like, you'll get all warmed up doing this with us so that you'll be ready when the real... <laughs> when the real people come calling <laughs> and then uh, and then you're I think I mentioned this but like you're my first professional athlete that I've interviewed so I'm very excited about that one of the things we found that's um super interesting I think and it may just be the kind of people we hang out with but a lot of our network and connections athletics has been a big portion of people's story and it's had been a factor whether they're in high school or college or you know some component of as they've sort of navigated their life, like it's been an important thread. So it's just interesting that that always comes up and it always comes up as a, something that's been very positive for people or, you know, that they've learned a lot from those challenges within sports. So, so maybe Justin, just tell us a little bit about your current role. So we know each other because um, your parents and, and we're friends with your parents. And so that's our connection. I did have the benefit of seeing you play not that long ago in Baltimore. So Oh, yeah, that was a fun weather game. That was awesome. I'm sure everyone enjoyed that one. Hilarious. In fact, I was sitting next to your mom, and we were both covered from, like, head to toe, like, trying to stay. It was just pouring rain, yet we were still having a blast, so it was still a good time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Both times I've come back to the East Coast for games. I actually came back for the Redskins and the Ravens, which was really cool to be able to do that in my first year. Yeah. But both were torrential downpours. <laughs> it, both games were just, I mean, it was miserable for everyone. So, and but. then you just get to see how much people support you, right? And because I think a lot of people came to that Baltimore. I think your dad told a story about you giving him the tickets at dinner the night before. It was like a stack of like. Oh yeah, no, it was it was really cool. All the people that came to the Redskins game and then the Baltimore game. You know, so many friends, family, neighborhood friends, high school coaches. Like my best friend from high school. Just everyone like found a way to get to at least one of those games, and it really meant a lot to have them there. That's so awesome. So tell me a little bit about. Uh, what you do and what your current gig is. I play with the 49ers. I'm an offensive lineman with the 49ers. Um, and so I just finished my rookie year. It's a fun rookie year. Not a, at all what I expected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And I love it. Couldn't ask for a better job. Yeah. So tell me, is this something that you always dreamed of doing, um, playing professional football? Or is that something that's evolved over time? I'd say it. it's been something I always wanted to do since like right before high school, right as high school started. I actually, the first sport I ever played, we used to live outside of Chicago, and the first sport I ever played was ice hockey. Yeah. So I actually learned to ice skate when I was three years old and then started playing ice hockey from five years old until eighth grade was my last year, and I stopped playing in, uh, before high school because I wanted to focus on football. Um, and so in high, all through high school, I wanted I knew I wanted to play in the NFL. I mean, that was obviously always a dream, and then, I uh, was lucky enough to go to college and play football and then obviously still had that dream in mind, but you never, I mean, the percentages are so, so low for people to do that. And so then to actually, as college started to wind down to know, I actually had uh, some sort of a chance to possibly play in the NFL uh, was, is pretty exciting. And then everything kind of worked out for me and couldn't ask for a better situation. <laughs> so we'll talk about this most recent year in a little bit because obviously it was a pretty uh, exceptional year given uh, where you all ended up. So I, I definitely want to talk about that. I am curious though, when you're in high school and you are like, it's a dream and it's something that you want to do, what kind of indication did you have from other people, whether it's coaches or otherwise, that it was a reality? Because I think there's a lot of people that have that dream. And so, you know, in terms of like, were you were you signaled early on in high school that 
colleges were looking at you or is that something that came later? Or can maybe just talk a little bit if there are people that are in high school right now, you know, thinking about college sports or tell me a little bit about how that evolved for you. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I did the freshman football. And so when I was at Centerville, coach Haddock was the head coach. Mm -hmm. Um, and so obviously we all, all freshmen played freshman football and that was it. So we played freshman football. And then, I mean, I was always, my whole life, I've always been a bigger kid. You know, I've always been ta- like tallest one, the biggest one. And so, of course, that just naturally people think like, oh, you have a chance or anything, something like that. But I actually went and talked to uh, last spring, uh, right after the draft, I talked to uh, some of the high school kids at a workout. Co- uh, Coach Shields actually asked me to come up and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And something I talked to them and I've told uh, both my brothers this before was, I didn't actually start a varsity game until halfway through my junior year of high school. Wow. Um, so like, you know, I always had that dream to play in college. And then as a sophomore, I didn't play, I played on JV, you know, I mean, that was, I was obviously frustrated. And, and then going into my junior year, I actually, because of my size and stuff, I had colleges that were interested, but I didn't have any film or they had nothing to watch because they're only, they only watch varsity. Obviously they're not going to watch, the JV. And so going into my junior year, like I knew I was going to be playing and I broke my foot uh, right before the camp start. Like I, I fractured it and I didn't know I had, and then three or four days into practice, like like I couldn't walk after practice. And so we went and got it looked at and it was, there was a fracture in my foot. And so I missed, ended up missing the first half of my entire, the first half of my junior season. Um, And then finished my junior season and we won the state championship. Um, and that obviously got, got me a lot of exposure. And then I started, I did some camps. I did some camps before my junior year, but then I, after my junior year focused it on schools that I was interested in and schools that were actually showing interest in me. I didn't want to, cause my dad was told me, he's like, we're not going to drive all around the country for you to go to 800 camps. And so we <laughs> sat down and picked out, I think we picked out, I think I went to only two that year and it was, it was Boston College and Vanderbilt. And so, and that was another thing, uh, academics. My parents were always huge on academics with us. My dad, my parents were awesome. They let me make my college decision, but my dad, once colleges started reaching out to me and talking to me, uh, he said he only had one rule. He's like, if you're going to get a free education, it's got to be a good one. Mm-hmm. He's like, as long as it's that, he's like, it's your decision. You're growing up, it's your life. He's like, but if it's going to be a free education, it's going to be a good one. And then that's kind of how I navigated talking I mean I talked to all schools but that's how I navigated which camps I wanted to go to Uh, and then I went to Vanderbilt the Vanderbilt camp and had a very good day there and received an offer from them and then actually on my dad's birthday was the camp he took me to the camp on his birthday (laughs) and then about two a little over two weeks later I committed to Vanderbilt before my senior season wow so that's pretty fast so your junior year in the beginning of the you weren't even playing right no the first five games of the regular season I was the first three I was on crutches or in a boot and then the first two I wasn't really playing I was just kind of getting back into football shape and then I started playing and luckily we went we won the state championship so we had the five playoff games so it was kind of like I played a regular season because I had five regular season games and five playoff games but yeah so I sophomore year didn't play a single down on varsity and then junior year, I was like all ready to go. I was excited. Some colleges were starting to show a little interest. And then I had my broken foot. And so, 
yeah, it was definitely you, frustrating. Did you panic at that point? Like, did you start to really, I would think that that would be super scary if this is starting to feel like you're building some momentum, you're finally starting, you're getting kind of in place to, to get those looks, right? So yeah. how are you, how do you handle that kind of emotionally or, or is that something that you were able to be pretty zen about? <laughs> or are you... Um... No, it's funny. I'm, I've always been, uh, and I'm sure if you talk to my parents after this, my dad, especially they'll, they'll give you a good laugh about how things have always got, like when I get my mind on something, like if it doesn't go how I want it to, I get very frustrated and I'm just very passionate about stuff. So, uh, they, they did a very good job when I, cause I obviously was extremely frustrated, uh, when that was going on at the beginning of my junior year. And so, I mean, I owe it to my, they, my dad, did a great job kind of, and he always has trying to keep me level-headed because I can get very frustrated with myself and the situation quickly. And so I would say, yeah, I got super frustrated, but I was lucky enough to have him and my mom there to kind of reassure me. And I mean, of course there were times I didn't want to hear it because I, you never did. I didn't know if they were just trying to make me feel better. Right. But, um, I mean, they were right. It did all work out in the end. So <laughs> tell me just a little bit about your academic, um, focus in high school and also minus being injured a little bit about um given that you knew this was your dream it was something you wanted to do how how intentional were you about the the work that's required to do this right because i think you obviously have size to your, you know what you mentioned and there's some things that physics like you know you were given some gifts <laughs> Uh, yeah. Right out of the gate that like you, but then, you know, that alone, right, is only so much. So tell me just a little bit about that, like, progression for you. Like, how easy did it come for you? Or is this something that you had to work really hard for it? And academically also, I think, you know, you did really well in school. So tell me just a little bit about that. Yeah, so academically, like I said, um, my parents are always very, very, uh, very strict on academics. Um they always held me to have a certain grade or better in all my classes or else I wasn't going to be allowed to play sports. Like Any that sport. was like there to kind of, cause they knew how much obviously I loved to play sports, like whether it was hockey or baseball or football, like I always loved to just be playing sports. And so that was kind of how they made sure that I did well in school is it was, if you don't, you have to maintain this and if you want to play and if it drops below this, we're going to, you're not going to be able to go to practice or to go to your games. You're going to, until you show us it's up. And so that kind of, I guess, like sparked it when I was younger, like to do well in school. Like I, I, I want to play hockey. Like, right. so I may got to make sure. And then as it went on, it was just kind of a, I guess it, I wouldn't know if I'd say like the competitive aspect to it, but then it was like, well, if I'm going to do it, why not, why not try and do the best I can, not just get it right above what mm -hmm. I want, where my parents wanted at. Like, why not try and do the best, like get the best grade. Like, and so then it, almost like in my head turned into a competition like can I be better than anyone else at in like my senior year in calculus can I can I get the highest grade on in the calculus like can I do the best on the AP exam in that and so that's academically I guess I just looked at it as like another competition and always trying to just make sure I got not necessarily comparing yourself to others but like okay if I did this on this last one like I let's see what I can do on the next one and kind of just keep trying to reach that next level is kind of how I looked at it academically. Did um did that did academics come easy to you or did you have to work pretty hard at it? Um uh, no, I'd say I'm I'm lucky. I'm yeah. I'm pretty lucky. Academics usually came pretty easily for me. Yeah, in high school I I would say I studied a little bit but not much and so 
Um, and then in college, I obviously settled, studied a little bit more, but I'd say I'd have, I have a pretty good memory and stuff. So stuff did come easy to me. And so like when I guess when I got to college, learning how to study was kind of a shock to me in mm-hmm. that transition. Because in high school, math was always my thing. Like I always loved numbers. And so I would just look over, like if we had a bunch of equations, I would just read over them a couple times and then go take the test and do really well. Mm. Whereas other people would have to practice all this right. other stuff. And so, but yeah, I was, I'm pretty fortunate. Academics usually came pretty easy to me. And then what about on the field? Would you say similarly, like would, in terms of how much effort and work you had to put into that space? No, I'd say that's, that's actually different. And so, yes, I like, I like we said, obviously I was very blessed to be given the size and height and everything but I don't have like I'm sure you've heard some people just have they're just very naturally strong like there's just no, no matter what they do like they might not be able and so I didn't necessarily have the natural strength and so that was always the big thing for me was the football workouts at the high school and that kind of thing and then obviously I mean in high school people are people peak at different times you know people right and so i tried like my especially the end of like the freshman spring i didn't miss a football workout you know i was always in there and so i had a i made what i did is i got a friend that i knew he ended up playing at cincinnati his name is taylor boost but he was my age and like our freshman year that was like my i guess lifting partner and so we made sure we were both always there and so we kind of started at the same spot and then i remember he I remember once again, going back to that, things didn't go how I planned and that frustration. And so we were always like the freshman spring lifting the same amounts. And then out of nowhere, he just like skyrocketed. And I was like constantly like slowly going up and he just shot up. And then the frustration kicked in again. I was talking to my dad and the coaches. I was like, what's like, I'm doing the exact same stuff he is. Why is this not happening for me? Right. And they're like, people are like, not everyone's the same just be and So, but then that frustration kicked in. And so, and then Taylor ended up actually playing a lot our sophomore year on varsity. And so it was like, that's where I guess other frustration kicked mm-hmm. in. You see these guys who, you know, you're doing the same as them, but they're just having more success and not jealousy out of it. Like obviously Taylor was a, is a good friend of mine and I, I was happy to see it, but it was like, if it's working so well for him, why is it not working for me? And so I'd say that part, and then obviously, I mean, then it just turns into, are you going to let it bring you down, or is it going to make drive you to, and so I guess that's when I kind of turned it on, and I was like, okay, if doing the same stuff isn't getting me to where I have to do more than what he's going to do if I want to get to where he's at, and so then I just, then I made sure I was always the first one there, like I made sure I always was, I didn't miss a single workout, and then I, that kind of thing, and so that would be something, I guess, strength-wise that didn't come naturally in the weight room and stuff like I always had the size but never actually like the actual strength and stuff and so just making sure I guess having the right friend group I think is huge Mm. too that's something I've told both my brothers and my sisters not everyone has the same dreams as you you know what I mean like some people could say they want to do this but actions speak louder than words and so like if it's something you actually want to do, you need to make sure you're around the right people because you don't want them. They could say one thing, but when they go and do something else, that's not working towards what you want. And so that was, I guess, something I realized too in high school was it's cool to have a hundred friends, but if your hundred friends aren't helping you, if they're bringing you down or they're steering you in the wrong direction, it's better to have a close group of friends that you know 
will like support you and that kind of thing. And so you don't always have to be the cool kid that does everything. You right. can kind of do what you think you need to do to, to achieve your dreams. Relatable is sponsored by Teresa Freeman Associates, your one-stop shop for soft skills development, speaking, coaching, and workshops. If you'd like to hire Teresa, or for information on our upcoming workshops being held in May, visit www.teresafreemanassociates.com for more information. So that was actually my other question was just around kind of social pressure and also sacrificing, right? Because we talked to someone else that played uh, soccer at Princeton and he was talking about how, you know, his whole life was soccer, right? Like everything was soccer, soccer, soccer. And so like, I think he was at some major ID thing in San Diego and he was missing prom and he was, you know, all these things that it was like a sacrifice to do the thing that you really enjoy but at the same time it's not all lollipops and rainbows especially when you're in high school and that means a lot so and and it just sounds like based on what you were just talking about in terms of friend choice but do you recall having to make some sacrifices or being thoughtful about that pressure or I mean knowing your dad like your dad to me is someone who doesn't really bend to social like he's kind of who he is and people adapt to that right he's just he's just and so if that's kind of your role model or that's around you but I'm curious for you how that played out yeah no I definitely think there were definitely times I mean obviously knowing if you if you messed up you knew who you were coming home to that definitely like <laughs> yeah, he's especially scary. early on <laughs> That definitely played a factor, and then obviously, as you get older, you think you you think you're 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 tough enough to go back, or like you don't you're not as afraid. But you're like right. early on, that definitely has something in the back of your head, knowing like, okay, if if I do if I get caught, like, and he finds out, it's game over. Right. Um, and so yeah. But no, I think yeah, I think that's a very good point. Um, just how like standing strong at like who you are, I think. That my dad's a phenomenal and my mom both of them are yes. phenomenal role models and they are who they are they're not going to pretend to be something else just to fit in like they're going to be who they are and so I definitely think that was passed on to not just me but all four of us um but yeah I definitely think in high school there were times like I knew if people were doing something and I knew someone was going to be there and I was like our group of people were going to be there that I know were going to be trouble like there are plenty of weekends like full weekends like I wouldn't go hang out with friends I'd hang out with my family, hang out. I mean, my brothers and I are very, very close. Um, and so I, I'd have no problems hanging out with just my brothers for a whole weekend and not right. hanging out with friends just because um, I knew knew my brothers weren't going to get me in. They were going to get me in trouble with my parents, but not serious trouble. <laughs> um, and yeah. So I definitely think there were sacrifices in that sense that like, like I said, like you don't always have to go everywhere to be the cool kid. Like you don't have to that kind of thing. I think sometimes people get roped into that, um, like trying to fit in and right. be friends with everyone. Um, but then, and then sacrifice wise. Yeah. I did actually going back to like missing prom my senior year. I actually had to leave. I missed the last three weeks of my senior year and I missed prom because I had to go to Vanderbilt because they brought us in June 1st is when we, and then oh. when I was in high school, we didn't like my high school graduation wasn't until June 23rd. Right. And so I left with three weeks left in my senior year. I had to take all my finals early, everything early. And then I left and then I flew in. My graduation was Tuesday morning. 
And I started summer school June 1st at Vanderbilt. So I had started college before I had officially finished high school. And so wow, I was starting like the workouts in college, in college classes on June 1st. And then my, like I said, my graduation was Tuesday night. I flew in Monday afternoon, hung out or hung out with my family, woke up, did Tuesday graduation, like Tuesday morning was graduation, came back, celebrated for a couple hours with my family that came into town. And then I got back on a flight and was back in Nashville Tuesday night. And then I was back at workouts and class Wednesday morning, uh, wow. the day after graduation. So yeah, there's definitely a sacrifice, but I, I, I kind of knew what I was getting into with that. So. And would you like, were you at all, this maybe sounds so like, I don't know, given like the opportunity you have, but was that, were you sad? Like you didn't really have a chance to kind of, you know, like when you graduate high school, that's kind of a big moment. And then you're sort of transitioning to this next phase. And now you're in this new environment where I would suspect there's a ton of pressure athletically now to deliver. And were you at all fearful of what that could be? Or is it like, you just don't even have time to think about it because you're in it. Yeah, I think one thing that I've always done, and sometimes it comes back to bite me, but I think it's also something that's helped me is I've always looked at the next step while I'm still in like the, so I was in high school and, you know, everyone was excited about graduating high school and getting all that. And I was already ready for like, I was in college, like, you know, I was taking college classes and then like, I was always focused on the next, like, okay, this happened, but, but what's the next step? Like, how am I going to get to this spot? And so there's been times, uh, my, my grandpa's actually done it a couple of times. He did it a lot this year too, where when I talked to him, he'd kind of be like, Hey, just sit down, take a deep breath and pat yourself on the back. Right. Yeah. Cause right. I get going, I'm like, well, this is, this is next. Like, this is what I have to do. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, sometimes you just need to sit down and realize where you're at. Right. Um, and so I think that's one thing. Yeah. I guess you never really. I never really, like in high school, I would never really was like, like I wouldn't have come back for my high school graduation if like, I know my mom wanted me to walk across the stage. And then I'd say the same thing happened in college. Um, I, instead of graduating in the spring of 2019, I took a couple extra credits and I graduated early in the fall of 2018. And but Vanderbilt's such a small school. There's only one, like comment, like only one graduation. They don't have a fall and a spring. And so I graduated early so that I could go down to Florida to train before the draft. And then I could have gone back for my the graduation ceremony in the spring. But once again, I was like, no, it's like I had to go to the NFL. And so that was <laughs> like, there's always just always been that next step for me. And that's why, like, I guess I've never really, I know my grandma was ups, like, not upset, but she was like, why don't you want to walk at your right. college graduation? Like, that's such an important thing I was like well yeah like I I know it's important but at the same time like what's important to me is I got my piece of paper I graduated (laughs) from Vanderbilt I was like now I'm on to the next thing like that's behind me move on to the next thing and so and that's that's all you like there's no one in your ear telling you to do that right it's almost it sounds to me like you're very much like self-motivated in that way or are there other is there people giving you advice and counsel saying if this is your dream and this is your goal right is like strategically finishing in December sets you up right is are you getting some counsel with that or is it no I wouldn't I'd say I'd be getting counsel but no one telling me what to do yeah Um, I've taught just from like older guys on the team at Vanderbilt Mm -hmm. like this is what like I did some guys 
would take an extra year. And so instead of graduating in the four years, they'd take one less class and they'd have one class that fifth year because if they were to redshirt. And so then they'd graduate in the fall. And then when they had the spring off, they'd be able to go somewhere and train. Right. And so since I didn't redshirt, I knew I wasn't going to get the option to kind of prolong it. And so once I saw, I was like, well, if I go somewhere else, I can go to a facility where all I have to worry about is training and eating right and not have to worry about writing a paper or studying for a right. test. And so once that uh, kind of happened, I guess that's when I kind of looked at it and I was like, okay, I can graduate early if I do the right things. And so yeah, I wouldn't say wouldn't I wouldn't say they're like poking me like I, it's me asking questions and seeing what other people did. And then, yeah, no, there's definitely, like, my parents, some, I think sometimes have had to, hey, like, you don't need to do, like, right. don't feel like you have to do that. And then, it, but for me, it's always been like, no, I know, but I, like, that's what I want to do. Like, yeah. I want to get to that next step. Like, I just want to keep moving towards the next steps. And so I wouldn't say anyone's ever had to, like, push me that way. I think more than anything, my parents have always been there for when things don't go as well as I planned them to. I think they've just been really good at kind of, catching the rebound for me is right. I guess the best way to put it, helping me not get too frustrated with it and, and that kind of thing. Did you ever think about not finishing college, like, and just going professional before you finished? No. So two things. One, uh, I was not one of those elite players that had the ability to leave early, but two, after like my first two years at Vanderbilt, I told myself I would not want to go sit through another class once I left school and so I was like I want to make sure I I if I'm going to go to like because if guys go to school for three years at a university like why not just like I yeah you can go back and finish and I know a ton of people do but for me I was like I'm not going to want to go to school for three years leave early go do whatever for how many years and then come back for a year like I was like I know I'm going to have no motivation like I was like I want to get it all done um yeah like I said, get that piece of paper. That's yeah. what really matters yeah. and get that piece of paper. So no, I, ne- I never had thoughts of doing that. And um, is that piece of paper too consciously like you're a backup plan in terms of you never know what can happen with this sport and given, I mean, it seems so fleeting, right, for some people. So for you, was um, it yeah. conscious? Well, that, that was part of my dad's with the whole, if you're going to get a free education, right. it's going to be a good one because obviously – in high school, I mean, I told him, I was like, I want to play in the NFL. And he's like, okay. Like, you know, he's not going to shoot down my dreams, but right. he's like, come on, like the odds. And so he's like, if you're going to get a, like the chances of you getting a free education are super slim. So the fact you're getting that, you need to set yourself up for the rest of your life. And so that's like Vanderbilt's mantra, I guess I'd say is uh, 40, not four. So they're not just going to give you your four years of experience. They're going to set you up for 40 years later in life. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, that's definitely because, I mean, the average, I mean, the NFL people joke stands for not for long. Like the average career is <laughs> like two and a half years. Uh, yeah. Um, and so like when you hear all that, that is definitely, I mean, that's why I went to like a school, like I tried to go to a school like Vanderbilt because that name carries a lot of weight. And then also like the connections you make there and the people right. you meet. But yeah, it's definitely like a backup plan for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so tell me just if you like, and maybe it's been a little bit, but in terms of that transition from high school to college football, what are some of the things you remember about it being different or that maybe you were surprised by? Uh, Football-wise? Yeah. um, I guess the biggest change for me, like it was a shock 
for how fast the game was because, you know, in high school, if you played against a Division One player, you had one Division One player, and it was like everyone's freaking out the whole week getting ready for the game. Like, oh, and we played against a good amount at Centerville. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of talented players around the area, but you, like we at my senior year, we had five on our team, and that's why we were we were so special because right. I mean, get five guys. Like most teams, if they have one, it's like a huge right. deal. And so in high school, you're like everyone freaks out about like the one or two guys. Then you get to everyone's the star of their high school team. Like, right. and so go doing that. Um, and that was a shock to just, and then like my, I ended up having to play my true freshman year. So like I said, strength was never, that was always my weakness, I guess would be just like overall strength. And then I normally like an offensive lineman, you'd red shirt, which um, is where you don't play in any games and so you just practice and but you don't lose a year of eligibility right. so you can then go to school for five years and so that was originally my plan was to do that to so give myself time to get stronger before I had to play in games but we had a couple guys get injured and then the second game of the season was against Georgia my true freshman year and um, something happened and they threw me in there and it was like in high school, you, you know, guys, like, yeah, a guy could be older than you, but you're still relatively the same maturity age. And then my first game, there was like a guy who was in his fifth, who was 23 years old. He was five years older than me. And, and I mean, just like the maturity level of, it was just, the difference was incredible. Just in his body, so, like just in his body, right? Like just oh, his, yeah, like, just yeah. like his build, like he, you know, I mean, he was like, a, it was just, I mean, 23 years old versus an 18 year old kid who was, eight months ago, just graduating from high school. <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. So, like that difference was definitely probably the biggest. And then just like, I guess, yeah, the size and speed, how fast everyone is. And so yeah, there was definitely a transition period. Did you have to struggle there at all um, to play or did you get good playing time? Did you ever throughout your career there where you're ever frustrated, like feeling like this dream wasn't going to come to fruition or did that go pretty well for you at Vanderbilt? I'd say so my the like the camp the August time when you're just practicing and that kind of thing I mean there was definitely some frustrating things going like frustrating times because you go from high school where you're used to like you know the whole playbook you know everything like you're you're like you're one of the better players out there and now you go to being a freshman and you're having to learn a whole new playbook which is more complex obviously and the guys are so much bigger, faster, and they're older. They've done this before. Um, and so that time was pretty frustrating. And then I did my freshman year. I got a decent amount of playing time. I would split time with another player. And then my end of my freshman year on a Halloween, actually, we had a game on Halloween my freshman year, and I broke my ankle. That was, I guess, kind of like a speed bump, which I didn't know what was going to happen after that because um, once again – you break your ankle, it's harder to lift weights, and strength is always my weakness. Um, but then things ended up working out for me, and then from there on out, I ended up getting plenty of playing time. I actually ended up starting the first game of my sophomore year till the last game of my senior year, I started every game. Wow, wow. What is it like um, just competitively within the team, right? Because people are competing for spots, right? So is it um, friendly <laughs> competition, or is it more serious at that level and I'm, I suspect when we talk about pro it's even different but but just you know do you are you kind of feeling like isolated because you're sort of fighting for that spot or is there like a camaraderie 
and uh, a feeling of support from your fellow athletes? No, I definitely say there's a camaraderie. Um, it was, I've, uh, I mean, I've been lucky every place I've been and just have good people. Yeah. Um, and especially offensive linemen are normally just like good guys. You know, they're not very, they're not worried about their egos because obviously you, they don't get the football. You know what I mean? Like no one's ever like good people to kind of show me the, show me the way that kind yeah. of thing. And so I've always been lucky to never have like someone turn their shoulder to me. Like everyone's always like helped me when I've had questions, that kind of thing, which has been awesome. But you definitely do see it sometimes at any level where if a guy feels like someone's trying to take his job, you know, he might, might not help him as much as if he was right. at a different position. Okay, so I'm sure people listening are like, let's talk, get to the good, get to the good stuff around, yeah, like the professional career and how that happened. So, tell me just a little bit about that process and, um, you know, that actually where you started to think like, oh my gosh, this could potentially be a reality for me. Yeah, so I'd say around my junior year, during my junior year, I had one NFL agent, like an agent, reach out to me and was just like, hey, I think you're a good player, blah, 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 like gave me that whole pitch. And so I talked to him (laughs) for a little bit. And then like the spring of my junior year, so after my junior season, I had, I'd say a handful of agents reach out, like wanting to set up meetings to talk and like, hey, we'd love to represent you. And so that's when I kind of, and then you know, they're like, yeah, we have connections and some teams are interested. Like, obviously you're sparking the interest. And so I'd say around like after my junior years, when I started, I guess to get, like, I started to realize like, okay, this is, this is a legit, like I might actually have a chance. Like, I don't know how it's going to work out, but someone might give me a chance. Um, And then my senior year happened. And like I said, I graduated early. So I was done in December. So Mm -hmm. I went down to Pensacola and there was a training facility there was down there for all of January and February. Um, it was an awesome experience. Like I said, there was when things don't always go as planned for me, I'd like talk about the frustrating times. Like I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with the NFL combine. Mm. And so like, that was obviously always through college. Like I was like, the NFL combine is a great experience, the exposure, like, and my, like throughout my senior year, like the agents that I was talking to would tell me like, Oh, there's a, probably a very good possibility you'll go. And so I started to get my hopes up that I was going to go. And I went down to this training facility and I obviously was no means like a top round pick, but there were, there were, I think there ended up being like 15 first round draft picks down or 10 first round draft picks down where I was Um, like just a lot of great players. And then the invites came out for the combine and I wasn't invited to the combine. Um, And so that was a very, and of course all these other guys that are I'm training with are going And I had to stay back. And so that was obviously, once again, one of those times that uh, my parents were very helpful. Like I say, catching that, the the rebound, because I know my senior season ended and then I was home for 10 days and then I went down to Florida and it was like, okay, now it's trying to get ready for the combine because I thought that's what I was going to do. It didn't go as planned. And my parents, you know, everything is going to work out. Like, and I mean, I can be very hard headed, so I didn't obviously want to hear it at the time. And so they, they've gotten, they've gotten very good at telling me what I need to hear and then kind of letting go, like just not talking about it anymore. Cause they know I get to a point where I just won't listen. I just mm-hmm. refute anything they say. And so having them was awesome. But so I didn't get invited to the combine, but then every college has a pro day, which is pretty much a con like the combine, but at your school. Um, and so that's normally for guys like myself that didn't get invited to the combine where we do all the testing and do all the drills. Um, so I did that, 
Um, I was hearing from my agent and other scouts that I had talked to, you know, I could get drafted in the later rounds, but there's a possibility I wouldn't get drafted. And then you get picked up as an undrafted free agent, which isn't a problem. But like I said, I, High school, you want to play in the NFL, and you always think of your your name getting called right and, right. and the draft. And so, uh, I obviously, once again, never didn't. Anytime someone said there's, you know, there's a possibility you won't get drafted, like that was just another one of those things. Like, well, is it going to drive you? Is it going to bring you down, or is it going to drive you? Like, oh no, I'm going to show you why I should be drafted. And so, you know, I kept working, and then had a couple workouts with teams, and a couple like teams will fly in for visits. And so there were two teams that flew me in for a visit. And so they seemed pretty high on me. Like I knew they needed offensive linemen, but obviously I knew I wasn't going to go until the third day. So, you know, there's three days of the draft. The right. first day is the first round. Then the second and third are day two. And then four through seven is day three. And so then I went home. I came home back to Virginia. I went back to Virginia to, you know, that whole weekend I wanted to be with my family. And so I came back on Wednesday and um, we watched the draft Thursday night, not just to see what was happening. And one of the teams that I was talking to, they had already drafted offensive linemen. So I knew I wasn't going to go there. So Thursday night I was frustrated because one of the two teams that I was talking to, I knew they weren't going to take me. They weren't going to draft me. And then the next day the other team had already taken offensive linemen. So I knew – the two teams that had really shown the most interest had filled their need for what I woke up Saturday, once again, frustrated and hard headed. And so I actually went to Joe's basketball game. We were at Joe's basketball game. Uh, my agent called me just to like try and calm me down. Cause he knew where my head was at and that kind of thing. Just from the stuff he was saying, it didn't seem like he thought I was going to get drafted either. Um, just the like he never said it but just some of the ways he was talking and so that obviously also did not, not help my how, what I was thinking at the time and so I was frustrated and then um, we got home right before the draft started and we started watching a little bit of the fourth round and then I was getting too frustrated and so I looked at both my brothers I was like hey you guys so we went and played video games so Joe Jackson <laughs> I, thought I, I heard that story <laughs> And we actually, like, I got, we got up, my parents stayed downstairs and they were watching the draft still, but my brothers and I, we left. I was like, I can't. And of course it didn't make a difference because I was still following the whole thing on my phone as we were playing video games. Yeah. And the fifth round was finishing up and I told them, I was like, all right, like, I'm going to go back downstairs. Like, cause I was convinced I wasn't going to get drafted. I was like, we haven't heard anything. And my agent had heard from teams like, Hey, if he doesn't get drafted, we'd love to have him. Okay. And so I was like, this is when those calls will start to come in, you know, like the whole, like they'll try and set it up before the draft ends. So that way, right when it ends, they know you, they have you. And so I was like, I'm going to go downstairs. This is when these, those calls start to happen. If you'd like to advertise with Relatable, please email us at info at tfreemanassociates.com. And then I was actually sitting next to my mom and then the when the 49ers called. And so I don't remember the full conversation because once <laughs> they said, like, we're going to draft you, my mom could hear through my phone. Like, she just heard the word because I actually got the call and I looked at her and my brother's. And I was like, I guarantee you this is the first free agent call. Like, that's right. the first thing I said to him. Like, 
me being hard-headed and negative right and uh and then they my mom heard through the phone that she I think she just heard the word we're gonna draft you like she just heard that and she just started yelling (laughs) and so and so no one knew who like I was the only one who knew who the team was right and so everyone's in the room my mom knows someone's drafting me she doesn't know who and she's just yelling and they're trying to my brothers are like who is it and she's just won't she's just yelling and I'm still on the phone so with them. Cute. And so, yeah. And then finally, and uh, finally I got off the phone and we saw everything and we like waited for my name to pop up. That is amazing. And can you describe that feeling given you were so sort of frustrated and thinking like it was going to take this whole other path? How did it feel to get that call and to have put in so much work to that date? It was pretty surreal. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, I was not expecting that at all. I was kind of bracing for like, like the, not the worst. Cause I mean, still a phenomenal opportunity, <laughs> right. but like not bracing for like the, the other uh, out- outcome. And so, yeah, I was kind of, I guess, just like, uh, can you say that again to make sure I heard you correctly? <laughs> like, um, yeah. and then, I mean, obviously then to have my family there for that, who, like I said, have supported me and kind of kept me, kept my head in the right, yeah the right track the whole time. It was, it was really special for sure. Yeah, I think it would be hard to get a big ego in your family. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah, there's that, like... That's definitely, yeah, there's, they help you if you ever start to feel too, a little too confident. Uh, they uh, they definitely shut that down yeah, very quick. I um, am going to, your dad said I could interview him, so I am going to interview him also. So we'll, we'll get some of his perspective too, but... Um... He's a trip. So then tell me about um, what this last year has been like and the change. And did you think you would play? And I mean, you you got to play a lot. And so is that terrifying when they say you're going to buy? I think it would be like at least one a year to kind of get yourself situated. So tell me a little bit about what that experience has been like for you. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be drafted. um, But where I was drafted in the sixth round, it doesn't necessarily mean you're on the team. You know, if you're a first, second, right. third, fourth round draft pick, like they're not going to cut you. Like no matter how bad you do, like you're going to at least be on the team for at least a year. Whereas like an undrafted free agent, it can be very hard to make the team. And then the later rounds, like just because you got drafted doesn't mean you're going to be on the team. And so I had that day or so where I was, like I said, like a surreal feeling, you know, you were just drafted. Like, you like that was always a dream. And then it was like, okay, like I'm not on the team, like I'm on the team, but I'm not, like it's not final. And so then it went back to the whole stress mode. You know, you had that day or so of like, wow, not like I've made it. This is like, things are paying off. And then it was like, okay, now it's back to square one. And then four days later, I went out to California, went out to California for a rookie mini, a rookie mini camp, which was a weekend. Then I came back to Virginia for a week. And then I was back out there for just under two months. So they call those OTAs, and, and which is kind of just like practice without pads. But it's back to being, it's kind of like that where it was in college, like being a freshman in college, you know, you work your way from being the freshman that's frustrated. And then as right. you get to your senior year, you've done it all. Like, you know, the playbook, all that stuff. Then when you go to the NFL, it's just like kicking you right back to the beginning. You know, you're, now in college, the difference was you were just trying to play. You knew you were always like, they weren't going to take my scholarship. It was just whether I was going to play or not. Now the NFL is a whole different level. Now it's not, you either have a job and an income or you don't. Right. 
Right. Um, and so it's, yes, it's cool to say you've been drafted, but it's cooler to say you <laughs> play in the NFL. Right. Um, right. And so that a whole new stress kind of kicked in and, you know, you don't, not that I'd ever, no one would ever look at it as letting anyone down, but you know, you like, everyone's just so excited for you. Right. Like they're always texting you like, Hey, how's it going? Like all this stuff. And so it's like a whole, like, you don't want to, I, I was lucky enough to get to the NFL. Like you don't want to be the one that kind of fades out, you know? Right. And so it was definitely stressful. And then August was very stressful with camp and all and that stuff. And uh, what probably didn't help is our defensive line was probably the best defensive line in the NFL this year. Right. Um, and, but I didn't know any different, you know, I just thought it was, that was just the normal. And so I was very frustrated because they're all so good. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Right. Like I was like, these guys are so good. Like it's not like I remember. I'm I'm sure my dad will tell you this too when you talk to him. But the first we had four, we'd go four practices, four days of practice, then we'd have one off day, then four days. And on that first off day, I was talking to my parents, and I was just extremely frustrated. And I was just like, I was like, I I didn't say this, but I'm sure they got the bill. Like I don't know if like I'm gonna make the team just the frustration and the stress all through the preseason just trying to hope you can just I was just hoping I'd make the team and then the cuts came and I made the team and then it was like kind of going back to the that draft you know the draft can I ask you one question about that just during that time when you know you're being constantly evaluated and it's like any minute it can end right and you get that call we've all seen what's that show on um oh hard knocks we love that show but it's so brutal I mean it's like Everybody loves you one day and then the next day you're done, right? Without really a much conversation. Mm-hmm. And so are you doing anything differently in terms of, I don't know, like visualization or imagery or your rituals or like anything that you're doing around the the way that you're showing up in practice? Or is it just like you're, you have to be very like insular and laser focused on like kind of I know what my job is and I'm just going to do the best that I can. You know, are you doing anything differently in that time period? Um, I don't know. One thing I've always tried to do, I did it in college and I did it when I got to the NFL is I find guys that you know have been successful. So in college, I found the guys who I know have been successful in college and, yep. had success, and I've looked at how they've done it. Okay. And so I was lucky enough to have older guys at Vanderbilt that had been successful and they were very, like I said, I've always had people that like welcomed me with open arms and kind of showed me the ropes. And then when I got to the NFL, it was the same thing. We have a guy, Joe Staley, who's been with the 49ers. This was his 13th year, and he's been the left tackle there for the past 13 years. I was like, he's obviously doing something right. And so yeah. I just would, what is he doing? Okay, why is he doing that? And then other than that, just trying to learn from them. And like I said, once again, very, like, helped me with any time I had questions, that kind of thing. But then other than that, it was just kind of like, don't be the last one. If you have, when you have meetings, don't be the last one in. And then, like you said, know what you're doing. That's the biggest thing. That's the fastest way to lose your job is if you don't know what you're doing, they can't trust you. They can't trust you. Right. They're, they're not going to stick with you. And so those two things. And then, yeah, it's kind of, you have to, every, every day is a interview. Do you and think so that you kinda... building those relationships helps you too? Like, it seems like you're someone who is savvy about that and figuring out which people are well-regarded and which people are doing well. And so building those connections in that network, is that helpful? Or do you think at that point, it's just pure, like nobody really gives a, <laughs> it's just pure talent. And, or is there some other pieces to this that are a little bit more intangible that if it's between you and another guy and they don't have those relationships, right? Yeah. I don't know. Cause 
I think it's helpful in the sense that what their doings led them to be so successful and have success at this level. And that's how it helps you in the sense like if you go about it the right way and have the right mindset and that kind of thing, it'll help you. But when it comes down to it, they're not the ones making right. the decision. Right. And so they're, I, I've never personally heard of like a general manager asking a player like, hey, what do you think we should do with them? And so <laughs> they might see it as like a, you do get along with people. Right. But I think it more helps with the fact of like you setting yourself up to look the best for the people that do make the decisions. Right. Right. So you make it. So that's a whole nother thing now. Like you get that feeling of like, but, you're oh, not. Yeah. So then it's like, like, you know, the draft weekend, you get drafted and like my phone, my dad's phone, my mom's phone, and both my brother's phones, everyone's <laughs> phones are blowing up, you know, congratulations, like, right. this, like all that stuff. And it's like, like I said, the surreal moment, like, wow, it's paying off, like, you know what I mean? But then it's like, okay, now I got to make the team. And then it was similar, the weekend of the cuts, you know, you make it through and you're on the team and everyone starts texting you, congrats, all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's awesome, but they could cut me tomorrow. Right. Like, just because you made it to this cut, like, the roster changes throughout the whole season. I was like, so you can't, like, there's never, like, a time where you can be like, oh, right. I made it. Right. Because once you do that, then you don't, you're not on the team anymore. And so then the first week started and went through the first week. We played our first game and we won. And I only went in for the knee, to take a knee at the end. Joe let me go in to, you know, be in for a play. And then the second game, we were up big, and, you know, I'm just not – I'm happy to be – not just happy to be on the team, but, like, you know, I'm happy to be there. Like, don't think I'm going to play. I'm a backup. Like, I'm ready if I need to. But – and then the second week, we're, we're winning, and it's late in the game, and Joe breaks his leg. And so that was kind of when it hit me. Like, I just went running in because I didn't know exactly – what had happened someone just said hey go and so I just you know put my helmet on and I'm running in when I'm running in I see him on the ground holding his leg and I was like uh oh I was like that's that's not good yeah um and so yeah then we finished the game and we get back into the locker room he had, they tell us he tells us he broke his leg and so that next week was I guess you could say a whole new level of stress uh you know it seems like nothing could be more stressful and then there always finds a way to be a situation where <laughs> It tops it. But like I said, I've always been lucky. I mean, Joe was awesome. He, he had his broken leg, but then like two days later, he had me over to his house to watch film, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, kind of helping me with that and just having great people around me for that was, uh, I mean, guys on the team have been awesome. You know, just kind of, I mean, I think everyone's kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? Like I'm a rookie sixth rounder filling in for a guy who's been there for 13 years doing the same thing. And so, right little bit of a change and you know everyone's kind of like oh how is this gonna how's this gonna go and so it was a stressful week but lucky enough the 49ers actually every year for the first home game they fly out the rookies parents and put them up in the hotel and so that first game that I was starting ended up being the first home game so they were already flying my parents out and so my parents paid for Joe and Taylor's flight to come out and then uh my girlfriend was also planning on coming out just because that was the first home game and this was when I made the team, they booked. Right. It wasn't to see you play necessarily. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was just to be there. And, and so it ended up being the first game that I started. And so having them there was, it was pretty cool. And I was able to get them sideline passes for before the game. And so 
during warmups, I was able to go over to that over to them and talk to them, which was was very good to have them there, you know, to kind yeah. of keep me just see familiar faces, yeah, yeah deep breath, yeah. that kind of thing. And then so that game happened, and then yeah, played the next however many games, I think six games, six or seven games. Uh, played some very good players, and uh, definitely had some frustrating times. But I you definitely did like well. I said, I like, you mm. did you did amazing during uh, that stretch. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but. Like I said, when things don't go exactly how yeah. I want them to, I can get pretty hard on myself. But like I said, having older guys that are have been through it all there to kind of tell me, take a deep breath, you're going to be okay, that kind of thing, uh, helped a bunch. Um, and then to be a part of a, a team like this this past year was another yeah. incredible thing, you know, just to, to experience that in your first year. Um, it's unbelievable. And so... Yeah. So when he got healthy again, are you bummed? Are you like, oh my gosh, I've I've had this opportunity and I'm playing and I'm doing well. And do you feel like, what are those kind of feelings and emotions when he's healthy and, and you don't have that opportunity anymore? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, for me, I knew it was, he, he was going to come back. You know, it was always it was just a matter of when. Yeah. And so I always knew he was going to come back. And like I said, he been there for 13 like I, I knew there was never going to be like a oh like are they going to stick with me like I knew <laughs> yeah. what was coming like, yeah it, that didn't bother me it was definitely different you know I just went back to the role I was at before he got hurt mm-hmm. and so um like yeah I would say it wasn't too like it wasn't hard and that was something like people would ask me to like are like are you frustrated I was like no like I knew what was kind of like I'm not yeah. living in a false sense of reality like I know who they're going to go with there's no question of about it like I know he's coming back I'm just I know what my role is and that's to fill in while he's out and right. so that's kind of how I looked at it, it was not because you never want to be living a false sense of reality where you're like you don't think anything bad could happen or you know like like that kind of thing but you also don't want to live too negatively where you you don't have the self-confidence so it's there's definitely a fine line there but yeah no I always knew he was I knew he was coming back so it wasn't too tough and you're still playing, right? Like you still played special teams, right? Did you still? Yeah, I was still on like the field goal yeah. team and stuff. And so I was still dressing for games and that kind of thing. It just went to a different role. And so that's right. kind of how, I guess that's how I looked at it this year is you just have to identify what your role is at that time and do it the best way you can. And so that's kind of how. And I then at can it. you like the Super Bowl, how can you describe for people like what that, is like to be part of that and to be there and I don't think had you ever been to a Super Bowl just on your own no. as like a spectator so now you're playing yeah. in it um, yeah no I've never <laughs> I've never been and so it was kind of I mean it was incredible like when you get down there just like the atmosphere all the events going on and then you know it's they try and make it like a normal week like practice wise and but then I guess like once you like get to the stadium and you know, you're there and you like on the sideline, you have all the celebrities, you know, uh-huh. like, like it still felt like somewhat of a normal game to me, like through warmups and everything. Like you realize that, you know, you have the patch on your Jersey. Like when you go see right. that the day before they take you there the day before to kind of get that out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah. But to see the patch is kind of like, whoa. Yeah. But well, like during warmups, you just, you think it's like another, it's just like another game, but like the national anthem, I think is kind of when it really like when it hit me Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, you're standing there and then like, then you start thinking, you know, because the national anthem's going and she like, they're up on the stage and uh, she's singing 
and you just then like it starts to set in like i've watched this countless times on mm-hmm. tv you know like you see the cameras panning over people and you're like i the, and now i'm standing here um yeah. that's kind of when i was it, that was like the wow okay like this is yeah the, the big one are um, you emotional at all or is it more just like you're just taking it all in uh i'd say I'm more just like taking it all yeah. in and trying trying not to get too caught up in the moment because yeah. you still have the game to play but still kind of living in the moment too like like this is cool you know yeah. what i mean being able to just kind of like look around for a second like this is what any kid dreams yeah. of yeah. is being on the field in the Super Bowl. And then, yeah, and then obviously I only expected to be in on field goal in the Super Bowl. And then once again, That's right. things changed. Um, and so <laughs> going back to that, adding a whole new level of stress, you think playing in a normal NFL game is stressful. Yeah. Going in when you're only up three points in the third quarter of an NFL game, that's just a, of the Super Bowl. It's just a whole new uh level of stress and so there was definitely a uh at the time you know there was like a not a panic but like a you know you get super nervous you know because you're ready on the sideline but you know you're expecting that you're obviously hoping no one gets hurt and you're expecting them to play and then when something does happen like a whole new set of nerves kicks in and then it's like well if i have it's a three-point game if i have one bad play here it could swing the momentum of the game and not to add any more pressure, but the entire world is watching. So, <laughs> right, um, right. It's um, like... But then things ended up going well. We actually ended up scoring a touchdown you... on that drive. Yeah. And, um, when I got back to the sideline, I was sitting on the bench, and I remember everyone's just going, everyone's super happy because we were to have the lead in the Super Bowl, but also we did a, we did well when I was in there, and yeah, I was sitting there, and I look, I remember looking up at the clock, and I was like, there's still a lot of time left. <laughs> Yeah, and luckily, and then Joe came back, and he was kind of like, "Hey, good job!" But now, like, watch out, I'm back. And I yeah. was like, "Yeah, you got it." I was <laughs> like, "I, it's all yours." Go yeah, ahead. yeah. So yeah, it was definitely. I mean, to at the time, it was very nerve wracking, obviously. But yeah. now, it's something I'll be able to say forever that I was in on a touchdown in the Super Bowl for sure. And I just feel like all these, th- everything you talked about, it feels like your need to be resilient. And to just power through, whether it's uncertainty or your frustrations that you've talked about or, you know, these huge moments where you have to persevere through that, I think is so impressive. And I think it's so inspirational because I think it's because of all these other times that you've been able to do that, that you then when the moment arrives you know you can and i and one of the things we talk a lot on here about is i think people avoid those situations because they don't want to fail and so by doing that then you don't build up the strength that when you need it you know that resilience is there so the fact that you had all these frustrations and all these different times where you were really challenged and when you didn't know the outcome or didn't know what the result would be but you continued to put in the work or you continued to have that kind of focus and drive, I think is so powerful. It's such like a good message, I think, for people to just, you just stay with it, it seems like. Yeah, I guess, and I, I guess I owe that all, like I said, I've done this, I've said it a lot, but I owe it all to my, my parents have definitely, you know, because like you said, like you put in all, like just to use an example, you put in all this work all through college and then you, I didn't get the invite to the combine. Right. And then it was, then it was like, well, 
am I doing the right thing or am I wasting my time? And I I think my, I mean, my mom's always been the one that's just kind of, she's going to give you positive reinforcement no matter what, um, which everyone needs, everyone needs like the positive, like you're going to be okay. Um, but then there's times where I definitely did not want to hear that. And I, she's done, she's gotten a lot better over the years of realizing when I do need it. And when I know when she knows, like, it's not a good time to tell me it's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, but having her just like to always be there to like, let you know, like everything's going to be just fine. But then also to have my dad there who, you know, like you said, he can be a very, he's going to tell you how it is. Um, he's not going to necessarily like, he's not going to like be brutally honest with you, but he's not going to always sugarcoat it for you. And so, but just to have him there, like things are always going to, things are going to work out and just both of them always like backing me and um, that kind of thing, just having them in my corner and them always pushing, not pushing me, but always telling me like they're there for me and let me know things are going to work out. Um, And then, you know, you don't go to the, I don't go to the combine, but then I end up getting drafted. Right. Right. And then, so just, I think having like, like I said, it kind of goes back to like in high school, when I talked about in high school, you want to surround yourself with good people. Luckily enough, I had the good people in my family that, yeah. you know, you don't get to pick, but they, <laughs> they've all like, yeah, they've always been there to support me. Uh, yeah. I definitely think having them to just, you know, not everything's going to be go as planned, you know, like, right. like I said, I'm always worried about that next step and I didn't always get that next step. And right. so sometimes I didn't get the next step, but I did get the one after that. Um, and so them always there being like, and my dad did a good job of like, like you said, like there was always something like before had always happened, you know, like when I broke my foot in high school, right. like my dad recalled on that in college. Like when I was struggling in college, right. he was like, remember this happened in high school and look how it turned out. And then when the NFL, like when there'd be frustrated, he's like, remember something in college like he always did a good job of reminding me like, Hey, bad stuff has happened and it's worked out just fine for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's that person that is like, you trust them obviously, but also they're, and they're being realistic, but they're also helping you from being kind of that paranoid side. Right. It's like keeping you honest about like what the truth of the situation is. And I think having people in your life that can do that is so important. And so if it's not a parent, because your parents are phenomenal, lots of parents are phenomenal, but if you don't necessarily have that in your parent, like find a friend or find people that you know that can be that sort of honest reflection of what's happening, but be supportive too at the same time. It's it's like such an important thing to have that in your life and have someone supporting you. Oh, um, absolutely. It makes a yeah. world of difference. All right, so I have two questions left. One that my son wanted me to ask you, so I have to make sure to ask it. (laughs) Um, So his question is um, how, I think the way to phrase it is when you were going from college to professional football, how would you say that affected you personally and your family? That's how, like what impact has has that had on you, do you think? I don't know if it really, like I tried to, it's kind of like, like I said, both my parents, like I've tried to just be who I am, like yeah. no matter what, what's been going on. Like I've always just tried to stay to who I am. Like it doesn't matter what you're doing, that kind right. of thing. And so obviously, you know, there are people in high school that, you know, you were friendly with, but weren't like, you weren't friends, actual friends with, you know, and then, then you get drafted and they're texting you like, oh, congrats. Like, let me know if you want to hang out, that kind of thing. Or like, like, you know, everyone's a little more friendly to you. I guess that's how uh-huh. things would change is everyone becomes your friend again. You know, and like I said, in high school, 
you had to make tough decisions. Uh, like, do you actually want to do that? Like, you know, or in that kind of thing, you kind of not isolate yourself, but short, like condense your friend group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when something like that happens, I guess everyone wants to, you know, you know who was there for you when it was, when you had your small friend group, but now everyone wants to be a part of it. I'd say that's the only thing that's really changed. And then from my family aspect, I know, um, <laughs> I know Taylor, uh, she gets tired of talking about football. Um, so I guess that's how it, it has changed for them is, uh, she gets really uh, not tired of it, but she likes to give me a hard time. Yeah. Um, whenever someone brings me up to her, uh, about, or asks her about football, she's, she's like, I, I don't care. <laughs> she's like, I'm done talking. I'm done talking about it. Um, and so, but no, they've been awesome. And, and it, like, it's led to, I mean, her making jokes, but like, I mean, yeah. like she, her dream car is a Jeep. And so she's like, she's tried it in many different ways. She's like, you, you know, you can buy me a Jeep, right? Like, but it's just like, my mom's been very like strict, like, no, like all that, but there's yeah. no one ever like, I mean, it's just been fun, like poking fun now right. as Taylor. Like, Hey, you can, like, I got myself a new car. I was actually home for a couple of days, like, like a month ago, and I, to get myself a new car is like a, I guess a reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we left the house, Taylor actually looked at me and she was like, "I'm still holding out hope you're going to come home with a Jeep for me, Justin." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think everyone's been awesome. Yeah, you know, like kind of, we're still like, I'll still play Call of Duty with Joe yeah. when I like, especially in the off season. Like it's still the same. Or still the same, yeah. Uh, which has been awesome. And so, does it just start all over again? Like when, when, like in terms of like earning that spot and all of this, it's it's nothing's for sure, right? And then you have other people that are new that were in your spot last year that are so. It's it just you like I mean it's it definitely seems like a career choice that has a fair amount of like constant anxiety and stress and like you just know that that's a part of it and it's kind of that whole concept of like you're risking a ton, right? But then the reward is also massive if it all works out. So um, no guarantees, but you feel like you're in a good spot. You had a good year. You feel positive yeah. or do you start I, to stress out like, oh my gosh? No, I'm sure. So right now, I'm in, like I said, I'm in Nashville and I'm yep. just, I'm working out that kind of thing and every day. Um, and so it's not very stressful, but, and they actually just, uh, suspended or postponed they haven't made a complete cancellation of the OTAs and stuff but I'm sure once August comes back around that stress level will get right back yeah. to where it was last year yeah. um, not in the sense like I know what to expect this year yeah but the big thing they do it they do it in college when they recruit people and they do it especially in the NFL they're always trying to find a better you is like the best way I've heard it described is no matter how like I said Joe's been there for 13 years but I'm sure there's there's been plenty of times they've looked for a better Joe. Right. But you just but you have to look at that as, as like a that's to help. That's why you can't kind of sit there and take the like the oh I've made it because right. once you do, they have someone who's better than you and you you don't have a job. And so it was a good year for me. Obviously, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But yeah, I kind of how I look at it is it all it's all reset now. Right. Um, it's back to that's how I kind of look at it is back to square one. And I think that's kind of how you have to look at it to make sure you don't get complacent with where you're at. Right. Right. Well, it's super exciting and we certainly, you know, wish the best and I hope, you know, nothing but great things happen for you. Um, 
Last question that I like to ask, and I ask this of most um, our guests on this podcast, which is when you think back, and I think you've given some great counsel already just through some of your stories and what you've been through, but if you're thinking about young Justin, right, who's like in college or, you know, now that you've been through um, this first year or even, even like your kind of middle school, high school self, is there any you know, counsel that you or advice that you would give to yourself or someone like you that um, I think either, you know, has to go through some pretty serious setbacks like you've described or, you know, pursuing a dream, like what kind of advice would you give? Yeah, I guess I guess it's kind of easy for me to say the advice I'd give because Joe being a freshman in high yeah. school, you know, I tried to talk to him about things. Um, but I guess the one thing for me is whatever you're going to do, you have to commit to it so you can if you do want to play, like if you do want to play Division One football, like there's a certain amount of work that goes into it. And so I remember, like in high school, people would always, oh, I wish I was six six, I'd be playing Division One football. And you know, at first I'd kind of laugh at it, like, oh yeah, that. And then I got to a point where I was like, no, like you wouldn't. Like I've seen the work you've put in. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, there's a, I know that I've put in more work than you. And so I guess something I tell myself. If you want something, do whatever you have, or do whatever it takes to get to it. And like, yeah, like there's going to be sacrifices. There's going to be times like, yeah, do you want to, you know, go hang out with friends on a Tuesday for a couple hours after school and skip the training session that you have at three o'clock? Or do you want, would you rather go work out while everyone else is going to have fun? And then you end up by the time you get done, they're done hanging out and you just have to go home but it pays off in the end. And so right. it's kind of like, if you're going to do something, commit to it all the way if you really want it that bad. I love it. And thank you so much. I think we kept you a little longer than we said, but it's been such a great conversation and I'm so appreciative of your time and you sharing your story. I think, you know, there's a lot of people I know locally that will be uh, excited and hopefully beyond that. And maybe now the San Fran contingency, will get them on board <laughs> and get them listening too, so... Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Absolutely. Come on. How great was that conversation? Justin, it was so great to get to know you a little bit better and thank you for sharing so much of your personal journey. I'm confident that so many will benefit from your story of perseverance and hard work. There's so much I love about this interview. A few highlights for me uh, include you talking about the importance of family and your support system as you've gone through these significant milestones thus far and also how you talked about what advice you would give to your younger self, including committing to what you want, go for it and and get it and put in the hard work. A very special thanks to Missy, my producer on this episode. As a reminder, if you like this discussion, please subscribe, leave comments and rate Relatable. We can be found on most streaming platforms. Relatable is sponsored by Teresa Freeman Associates. You can follow us on Twitter and the TFA Facebook page. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable.